0: House of Mystery presents Inside Writing, the radio show where authors discuss their writing process in all genres. Okay, we're back. Joining us is Gary L. Stewart. Now, uh, he's the author of Most Dangerous Animal of All. Uh, Thank you for taking some time to talk to us today.
1: Al, thanks for having me. I've been looking forward to this for quite some time.
0: Yeah, yeah, we finally got it together. Um, (laughs) um, So so let's start out with um, um, who you are and um, how you come to writing the book. Like, what led you to that?
1: Well, uh, until about 13 or nearly 14 years ago now, uh, I was... Just uh, a a guy who was uh, born, raised, uh, and and lived almost all of my life here in South Louisiana uh, in what was a, a typical southern southern home, with the exception of the fact that uh, I I am adopted, and I have an older sister who's adopted as well and um, So other than being uh, an adoptee, which uh, has all sorts of challenges and implications for it, uh, uh, I I grew up in a a wonderful home, uh, loving parents. My parents were fortunate enough to, uh, after years of trying to conceive, uh, and have uh, a biological child. Uh, well, when they finally gave up, and and I was the third adopted child in the home, uh, they actually conceived naturally three years after they adopted me. And so, my older sister, who's adopted, and I have a younger sister who is the biological child of the Stewarts. So, uh, but I can tell you that the Stewarts, my mom and dad, treated all of us equally. Uh, maybe even a little more special because I was the um the only son and uh because uh, we were adopted. So I I I grew up fairly normal. I went to school here, um played sports at my high school, uh graduated from Louisiana State University and uh with a bachelor of science degree in electrical engineering. And I went to work and started my career and Oh, that was some 30 years ago, and um, always, always wondered why, uh, I mean, how I, how I came to be adopted. And, you know, here in the state of Louisiana, adoption records have been sealed since the 70s, so I, I didn't have anything as much as a name to, to begin searching by. So um, I, I feel very fortunate that uh, my biological mother... Uh, had the wherewithal to do some investigating of her own and track me down like I say about fourteen years ago so i, I didn't have to search um,
0: okay, so, so it, it was it was her that actually was searching for you first.
1: yeah, she reached out to me um, um, i I was my mindset and my heart set all of my life, as curious as I was and as um uh difficult uh the 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 um lack of identity when you're an adopt an adoptee uh that doesn't bother some people you know I, apparently it doesn't bother my older sister she has no desire to find her biological parents but for me it was always a source of you know I I don't really know who I am I don't look like anybody in these family photos and um but I love my parents so much that I would I wouldn't jeopardize hurting their feelings by trying to search uh, for my biological parents they just meant too much to me unfortunately for me I didn't have to my mother um did her own research and and she didn't find me she found my parents my adoptive parents and contacted them and after a lot of soul searching and praying should my parents decided you know what gary is uh, thirty nine years old he's he's uh... he's a grown man and and we need to allow him to decide what he wants to do with this information so yeah so i contacted my mother actually mother's day first time we ever spoke um, in two thousand and two and i was very excited and uh, to know her and she sent pictures and you know I knew right away that was my DNA uh, we looked alike um, very similar features so I flew out to meet her a couple weeks later and um, that's when I decided to ask you know who who is my, what happened who was my father why why did you guys not not stay together and how did I Come available for adoption, and she said, um, "Well, honey, you know it's been so many years ago, and I, I've been forced to try to forget everything about my life with you and your father. So my memory is vague at best, but uh, I think your father's name was Van, and um, he was like twice my age, and we were on the run from California." Um, because she was 13 and he was 27, so it was uh, statutory rape at that point. And um, after about a year and a half on the run and and continuous escaping from from um, juvenile hall and and my father uh, bonding out of jail, um, they ended up in New Orleans, and where my mother had me in in New Orleans. And my mother told me that she thinks that I was about three months old when my father woke up one morning and took me, uh, by train to Baton Rouge, which Baton Rouge is about, um, 50 minutes, uh, northwest of New Orleans. By train, it was an hour and a half or so, maybe two hours back then. And, um. He exited the train with me and walked uh, a few blocks up the main street there in Baton Rouge and uh, uh, left me, abandoned me in a, um, an apartment building. And it was an eightplex at the time. Nobody was home. Uh, he laid me on the stairwell and walked away. And um, it wasn't. That was about 11 o'clock in the morning. And uh, the, one of the tenants came home about 4:30 and, and saw me crying in the stairwell. So of course they did an investigation here in Baton Rouge and footprints didn't match any of the babies born in local hospitals. My father was a, a genius. Uh, he, he was smart enough to get me just far enough away from new Orleans to where he would never get caught. So, um, it, it, but in fact, you know, um, my mother didn't quite tell me that story she said he took you to Or New- he took you to baton rouge and turned you over to the the authorities at a church so you could be adopted and i told her then i said you know what i don't i don't think i want to meet this guy i've got a great dad in baton rouge so i told her that i, I was not going to search for him and that only lasted for me for a couple of weeks before the curiosity got the best of me and me really deciding you know i feel obligated to find him, you know, at that point he would have been sixty-nine years old, and I would love to have heard his side of the story. But the 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 main reason why I wanted to find him is just so he could see me, and and he could uh, if he had been carrying around any guilt or, or grief, like my mother said she had for forty years, to allow him to um, let that go and and be forgiven, accept forgiveness for that, because. I was going to be very proud to tell him that I, I was raised by a loving family um, and and became a, a successful student, a successful businessman, and and that he had a grandson. And uh, that was really the fuel that that uh, the, uh, that uh, kept me going to to just continue to try to find my father.
0: Right, right. And so, did you? develop a relationship with your mother at that time like did you get to spend a lot of time with her
1: she was living in san francisco at the time so um i had just taken a job at, at a san francisco bay area based company and and open uh, a gulf coast office for them here in baton rouge so i would at least see her two or three times a year when uh, when i went out for company business and um it allowed me to spend time in in the city in San Francisco to do some research and try to track my father down. So we had a real good relationship um, for oh goodness um, about twelve years, um, and and um, and until I stumbled upon this you know this horrific conclusion that. That uh, I believed my father was a Zodiac killer. Um, at first, she was a hundred percent supportive, um, and then later, as the book came out and then the book was published, um, she had uh, some friends of her second husband, some family members of her second husband that came out and. Uh, and and really made her have second thoughts about her support of my position in my book. As it turns out, my my mother, she was, let's see, 15 when she had me. So they were on the run for almost two years. Uh, She spent some time in a a Southern California uh, correctional center for wayward girls. My father spent time in San Quentin, three years in San Quentin. And... um, when my mother um, grew up after that, 11 years after her life with me and my father, she remarried. And she married a very public figure in the city of San Francisco. She married Rotea Guilford, who uh, became San Francisco's first-ever African-American homicide inspector. He was, uh, he was a cop. Uh, in San Francisco, in Oakland, I think, and then San Francisco, uh, and and became a homicide detective, and um, so, uh, and then he he became a, a deputy mayor under uh, Diane Feinstein, and uh, Willie Brown appointed him over the Parks and Recreation Commission. So my mother lived quite the the high society life in San Francisco uh, as the the wife of this great. Uh, uh, figure in the San Francisco Police Department. Hmm. Um, Did, I didn't know at the time that um, he was an investigator on the Zodiac case. I had no idea. I'd never heard of the Zodiac Killer, um, and and when my research led me to believe that that was the only possible conclusion, um, that's when all of the the um, uh, everybody sort of went underground. You know, um, and, and my Rotea's family basically um, objected to my, uh, my writing the book because if, if, if everything I have produced to the SFPD is accurate, uh, then it could be that um, uh, they, they feel like he, his, his reputation was, was tarnished as a Zodiac inspector uh, and my biological father, her, her, his wife's first husband, uh, being implicated as a Zodiac killer, um, they felt like that's, um, that's just tarnishing his reputation. When in fact, I, I, I take issue with that because I can tell you, I would have loved to have met Rotea Guilford. Uh, I wish my mother had not chosen to wait until he was, uh, deceased to contact me because i think i really could have uh... could have admired that man Um i, I don't know uh... There, there's certainly speculation with uh... with regard to his uh, involvement in the zodiac investigation Um that was one of the first things that got the attention of the homicide inspector that i met with in two thousand four Um but i i don't know the connection and, and and whether or not uh, my my father my uh, mother's second husband Rotea had any idea about my father and what his criminal future became back in the 60s, um, and I didn't try to implicate that one uh, indicate that one way or another because I really don't know, and I don't know if we'll ever know. Um, so, my mother and I had a wonderful relationship until the book came out, and it is now. Um, it's now, uh, we haven't spoken in quite a while. My wife still speaks to her, um, hoping for uh, a new uh, reunion based on honesty and truth. But, yeah, I don't know that that will ever happen.
0: Well, do, do you think that maybe um, she knew who he was? Or did she, was she with him a long time, and could she have really known what he he was made of like Zodiac or, or or like what kind of life did they have? Did she ever tell you?
1: Oh yeah, at first when when they first got together, he was all uh, the charming um, uh, prince, the knight in shining armor to rescue her from her uh, not so happy home life. And over time, uh, when when they were on the run for so long and um, and things got desperate and money began to run out she began to see the evil side of my father um... you know one thing that uh... my father did between the day i was born and and the day he abandoned me was which was actually only thirty days my father i wasn't three months old i was four weeks old when my father abandoned me um, my mother and the police reports from new orleans and baton rouge validated this that um He he made my mother get a job at 15 years old as a bartender in one of the seediest uh, bars in all the French Quarter back then. And um, because, of course, he he didn't want to get a job, a legitimate job anywhere, because there was a national APB out for him and he would would be picked up and it would be over. Uh, When she would work her shift, uh, she would come home and find me locked in a footlocker that he had carried with him across the country, Um, you know, uh, barely breathing, uh, turning blue. Um, I, I have a scar on the back of my, uh, on the back of my head and my, my uh, nose was broken severely, uh, at some point during my life. And, and I can tell you, I did not receive any of those injuries, uh, uh, as a steward. So for a guy who would hurt, um, uh, uh, and and uh, a, a for a baby, his own child, uh, and then threatened to harm my mother if she went to the police because of what he was doing with me. That was the beginning uh, of her indication of his dark side. But Al, I found out uh, it was just a couple of years ago in the process of finally getting my book published that my father had an evil history long before my mother. He actually married a young girl once before. Uh, my mother, my, my father and mother actually married in 1962. My father married a young lady uh, who was 17 at the time in 1957, and that that marriage lasted a year. And she was granted a divorce from him uh, on the grounds of inhuman treatment and extreme cruelty. I spoke with her son by a different, by her second husband. And he told me the family story goes that my his mother escaped from with her life from from the uh, abusive hands of my father. I also found out just this past year that my father was institutionalized. I knew his transcripts and at Lowell High School he missed a, a, a semester. Uh, I I had a um, his very first girlfriend reach out to me after the book was published and. Um, she told me that, uh, there was an incident involving his mother, uh, and it had to do with something at a church. And, uh, my father spent his 18th birthday, turned 18 years old in a mental institution. So he had a history of violence and mental, uh, health issues for many, many years. Um, and, and so my mother saw the beginning of that and, um, Uh, Although she hated to lose me, she said she thinks because I I survived that that five hours on that uh, stairwell landing um, that that was the best thing that ever happened to me because she was afraid that my my father was going to do even more harm. You know, their apartment is right on the Mississippi River and Baton Rouge is on the banks of the Mississippi River. Um, there's no record of a baby. My mind can imagine all sorts of things my father could have done, right? So uh, I'm, I'm a very fortunate person.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, that's a really good attitude um, to have. Um, so now I'm sorry to hear, but so now your mother's not talking to you anymore, and it's primarily the book. Now, is she just not accepting what, what you're saying in the book, do you think?
1: Um, I actually believe that uh, as slowly but surely as as these these pieces of evidence I've presented begin to be validated, and they are being validated, that um, uh, she just doesn't, she told me, she said, if I had known um, that your father was a Zodiac killer, I would have never come searching for you because I wouldn't want to subject you to that that sort of evil. But she also said that her second husband, Rotea, and, and the, the chief of police back then, the first ever African-American police chief, uh, Earl Sanders, working the Zodiac case, that they would often sit and talk about the Zodiac case at their home, at dinner, with family around. And, you know, I can't help but wonder if, you know, maybe maybe Rotea did a background check on his wife and found out that she had this um, past with a pedophile and that she had a child with this pedophile. And, you know, what if his name came up as a, you know, there were allegedly between 1,600 and 2,500 men in the San Francisco area who were considered Zodiac suspects at the time. Right, yeah. You know. Could could he have interviewed him? My, my father was a salesman. He was a, a genius, off the charts, and you know, many times that leads to other mental issues, uh, uh, so, uh, socio uh, sociological issues, um, uh, antisocial is antisocial issues. What if what if he did draw the short straw and and ended up interviewing my biological father as a Zodiac suspect and and just unwittingly cleared him? Um that could be a speculative concern that my mother has going forward about what comes out but I, i'll be the first one i told her and i'll be the first one to share with the world i would never blame him for for being a bad cop for not picking that up i mean my father on the run with his with my mother across the country he conned so many people out of their hard-earned money just to fund his his romance with my mother he he wrote fraudulent checks he forged documents and the, the that's the, the primary reason why he spent uh, was sentenced to 3 years in uh San Quentin was because of uh wire fraud and and not necessarily for uh criminal conspiracy statutory rape uh enticing a minor from home and uh criminal neglect of family which was leaving me on that doorstep so um, he was very What I understand, well-educated and very well-spoken, very articulate. So I can imagine him uh, talking himself out of anything with with the uh, gumshoe, you know?
0: Right, right. So now what was it? I should say, what was the first thing that when you were trying to find out who your father was that led you to him being a murderer?
1: excuse me um so as it turns out after first telling my mother the first time I met her that I had no interest in meeting my father um it took me six months before I ever got up the courage to say I'm gonna find this man so not knowing uh, never having heard of the zodiac killer not thinking that my father had a criminal past okay so I didn't know see I didn't have his record at the time I didn't know he did jail time I you know my grandmother my mother's mother dismissed the charges for statutory rape the first time because she thought they wouldn't do it again well they eloped three times right um, so when I finally asked my mother told my mother I wanna find my father she went to the SFPD she went to her friends who were Co-workers with her deceased husband in the SFPD and it took them six months to come up with this with this file They gave me a name. They gave me a social security number. They gave me a date of birth And they warned in that first communication to me that there were things in my father's file That they would not be willing to share with me You know, I I really didn't care at the time I figured he was still alive and I had a name and a social security number. I was going to find him so i went looking and searching on my own and um ultimately found out soon after that that he was he had died and he died in 1984 you know uh 20 years before and but i found out that he also had three other children by another lady who was from Austria and those my siblings half siblings were now in Austria and one of them was a was a judge on the Republic of Austria Federal Asylum Bureau so I found out about my father's you know his his criminal track record with my mother uh, and that's why he had a police file and I also found newspaper articles about my parents romance and, and uh, it was called the ice cream romance and it was plastered all over the pages of the Bay Area newspaper, front pages. Uh, this was before the Mansons, this was before Zodiac, this is before anything was going on in the Bay Area. must have been a slow day in the crime beat because these guys really made a a laughing stock out of my out of my father in particular, you know. Um, so I put all these pieces together. I contacted my sister my half sister and she was excited to have know she had a half brother until she found out that I was older than her. Her mother had told her that um, she had left my father before she was born, before my younger sister was born, um, to come back to Austria to live with her family, and didn't say why. You know, but he left them penniless. He didn't send any support, and. She she didn't quite tell um, my half-siblings the truth. Um, she told uh, them that I was an imposter because there's no way on earth that uh, her husband and their dad was ever married before they were married. He was married twice before, in fact. Um, so this was a shock to my now 30-something-year-old sister, right? So she said, okay, it's a shock. I feel like I've been hit by a truck but if you if you produce for me your original birth certificate right records are sealed in Louisiana I can't get that uh, or if you produce the certified file of my father's criminal record from the San Francisco Police Department then I will believe you and we can continue we can have our brother sister relationship so i had a silver lining knowing my father had died and was buried in an unmarked grave in mexico city I found a sibling who was going to look like me. So I went back to my mother. I said, okay, my father's dead. Whatever he did, it doesn't matter. It's not going to hurt anybody. But I've got siblings in Austria, and I sure want to have the, a, a, a reunion with those guys. Will you please tell the the guy in the SFPD uh, that I would really love to have a copy of my father's file, or at least know in there what he did uh, so I can I can pursue this relationship with my siblings? Well, she, my mother went to Harold Butler. He was, he's deceased now, too. He was in internal affairs at the time. Um, he told my mother that what was in that file, my father's criminal file, was so heinous it would destroy me. I had no idea at the time that the SFPD didn't keep files more than 30 years unless that person was a suspect in a homicide, well, they still had my father's file, and it was more than 30 years later. So um, I, I basically gave up. I basically gave up. All I knew was there, that there was something in that file that my father had done that, according to the chief of police, uh, Earl Sanders, would make what my father did to me in that footlocker and what he did to my mother seem inconsequential. So I gave up. I, I gave up on meeting my sister and my brothers and I put it away. And three months later, having forcefully pushed all thoughts of my father and ever, ever, fi- ever getting closure on this story out of my mind, I am watching Bill Curtis, an A&E cold case file show about this serial killer in San Francisco who's never been apprehended. And they flashed the wanted poster, the police artist sketch, from 1969. And, I mean, the hair stood up on the back of my neck because I'd seen that picture before. The SFPD didn't give me my father's criminal file, but what they gave me was an, the mugshot from his 1962 statutory rape of my mother. And it was an identical match. Um... I, I read the description on the wanted, uh, wanted poster. It said, um, five foot eight, uh, uh, reddish, uh, uh, light brown hair with a reddish tint, um, just everything to a, to a T described my father's physical description from his mugshot and his, uh, arrest, his booking sheet from 1962. That night, I, I emailed my mother and I emailed the lieutenant, uh, I mean, Sergeant Butler in Internal Affairs at the SFPD. And I said, okay, guys, now I know what's so heinous, right? My father was the unsolved Zodiac killer. Well, my mother, my mother responded, oh, honey, I hope and pray it's not true. Harold Butler responded to her saying, Judy, tell Gary not to worry. His father wasn't the Zodiac killer. The Zodiac killer, we know who he was. Um, he died ten years ago. Uh, we got his DNA from a, a pre, piece of brain material after he passed away, and, and DNA says that it's he's the Zodiac killer. They were referring; he was referring to Arthur Lee Allen, of course, San Francisco's only suspect for all these fifty years, right? Hmm. Um, or maybe it's Dave Tosky's uh, suspect for all these years. Well, I got on the Internet and found out that that wasn't the case at all. I found out that the, the um, in 2002 or 2003, ABC's Primetime with John Quinones did a special on the Zodiac Killer, and they got with the crime lab director in San Francisco, PD, and they they were able to extract a five-marker profile from one of the stamps on one of the letters that, my, that the Zodiac Killer sent to the Chronicle. And... Based on that five-marker match in the DNA slice of uh, uh, the, the genetic uh, profile that they developed from Arthur Lee Allen's uh, brain material, he was excluded as a Zodiac suspect because if one of those markers don't match, then then it it is not it is not the same person. A, a genetic profile, as far as I know, I've been swapped three times in the past few years, uh, four over this case. Um, uh my latest update on technology is that there are 16 markers um, and uh, if 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 five match um, then then there's a good possibility that well at least that candidate's still in the running. Uh, he, that candidate cannot be excluded. Well author Lee Allen and and the other zodiac suspects that provided uh, that had uh, provided someone had provided their DNA to, Sidney Holt in the in the SFPD crime lab, they were all examined, they were all excluded as being possible Zodiac suspects. Um, so I contacted uh, you know, I I I got online and saw that the, the Zodiac case was closed. And um they, there was a note saying, however, if anyone has any credible leads, please contact Lieutenant John Hennessy at the SFPD. <clears throat> I contacted Lieutenant John Hennessy, who I didn't realize at the time was the head of homicide uh, in 2004. And I called him and I said, uh, Lieutenant Hennessy, is is the Zodiac case closed? And he kind of chuckled. He said, no, it's not closed. uh, or It's not solved. Far from it. Um, I said, look, I'm I'm not crazy. Uh, I just, I got your number from a website and uh, I've got a story. And I began to tell him about my story, and he said, Gary, would you, after we talked for about 30 minutes, he said, would you write down everything you just told me and, and mail that to my office here at the Hall of Justice? I said, I'd be glad to. So I sent that off to Hennessy and uh, we, we spoke in about two weeks, and he said, uh, when are you coming in back in the city? I said, I'll be there in, in December. He said, please come by my office. So I went by his office. And I I sat in there, and we basically had the same conversation about, you know, I I think the first thing that perked his interest was the physical description in the wanted poster. Uh, The second thing was the fact that my mother had married Rotea Guilford. Um, uh, Hennessy said he didn't know my mother, but he, he knew Rotea, and he did work the Zodiac case, so... Uh, Hennessy asked if I had any DNA from my father. I said, well, he was died and buried in 1984. The only DNA I have from him is in me." And so he decided to swab me then and there. And um, when he did, he said, "You know, we're going uh, through a, a change of personnel in the crime lab, and we're installing a new director. sydney Holt is going to be the new director, the lady who did the the uh, ABC Primetime special. She was a lab technician at the time. And he says, once she takes over the crime lab, <clears throat> I'm going to get her to do this on the QT because I've been instructed not to spend any further funds by Mayor Gavin Newsom uh, on this project and, and by the chief at this point, not spend any dollars on the Zodiac case. We have a current backlog of cold cases that are, that are recent. And people are in, sitting in prison, maybe wrongly accused, and we need to run their DNA and get them out and have justice served. So this is going to take, take a while. <clears throat> Excuse me. So I, I waited patiently. And um, I, I talked to him every time I went to the city. Uh, he assured me that he was going to have this done. And then uh, one day um, I call up and find out that, He's no longer there he's retired and uh, he stops returning my phone calls he stops I had his personal telephone number his personal email he wouldn't respond to my uh, emails as well and so that was really uh, uh, something that because we were close we I, I wouldn't say we were became good friends but we were more than acquaintances we knew everything about each other's family we had a level of trust. Uh, Two professional business guys together, um, that you, you know, you just, you know, um, uh, where you stand with each other, other from a credibility standpoint. So I just decided, um, you know, this is it. There, don't know what happened, but, all along, I had been keeping a journal. Everything that I discovered, from you know my parents being called the Ice Cream Romance, and then finding my picture on the front page of the Baton Rouge newspaper when my father abandoned me. You know, I'm Baton Rouge's baby John Doe for three months. Um, find out that my father was dead and buried in an unmarked grave in Mexico City. That he was a rare book dealer. That his father was a celebrity of sorts, a, 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 a missionary, a Methodist minister and uh, a navy commander and chaplain in World War II under Bull Halsey good friends with president John F Kennedy uh and retired and died in office as the nation's national chaplain of the v- VFW and that my father was uh his his biggest heartache how he turned out was his 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 uh, biggest regret um so I my family the Stewart family, and and my friends said, Gary, you have an amazing story. Whether without the Zodiac case, you have an amazing story about your parents' beginnings, your beginnings, your adoption, reunion story, your search for your father. Um, You just have to write this. And so I did, and I was fortunate to have a great co-author, Susan Mustafa, who wrote books here in Baton Rouge, true crime books about Baton Rouge's serial killers. Um, and we got a, a traditional publishing deal with HarperCollins uh, in 2013, and the book came out May 13th, 2014. And um, that's why I had to write the story. That's why I had, you know, if you read the book, I will assure you or or go look at any of the um of the reviews on amazon all right when when the book first came out the day it came out before anybody had a chance to read it, all of the uh zodiac amateur internet sleuths came out and wrote book reviews without without um uh reading the book and and just bashing the book. oh yeah, he was a zodiac. Here's another guy claiming that his father was a zodiac killer so the first reviews are just from those guys and you know i I think it's really sad the point that they didn't get is i never unlike every other zodiac killer author i never picked out someone and decided to write a book and try to form circumstantial evidence around a person to prove he was zodiac i'm just a guy who went looking for his biological father and, and stumbled upon this horrible discovery um, but if you look at the, the recent reviews on Amazon, and we've got quite a few 300-and-something uh, reviews, people are getting the story. They'll tell you, you know, he's listed all this evidence, and I wish the San Francisco Police Department would do the right thing and, and solve and close this case once and for all, case closed. But they're also getting the fact that this is a, a human interest story. It's a story about the love of an adopted couple, uh, ado- uh, um, um, adoptive parents who took three unwanted children into their home and gave them an opportunity at a better life, and how after 13 years of, of all this research to find the man who gave me life, just wanting to, to tell him I forgive him and, and that I love him and that he's got a grandson that he could be proud of. Um, Going full circle to find out that I had the best family in the world right here in Baton Rouge, but I had to write that story. It, it was it was therapeutic. I wouldn't have, I wouldn't have written a, a sentence of it that I, I didn't believe a hundred percent truthful.
0: Right, right. So now, what is <laughs> in your mind the most compelling evidence that Zodiac was your dad?
1: Um, two things. Most importantly, um, well, I, I, I say they're equal in force. Number one, um, there are... The Zodiac Killer gained infamy by, number one, never getting caught. Number two, taunting the uh, Bay Area newspapers with ciphers, these cryptic word and symbol puzzles. And the first one he sent was decoded it was cracked immediately by his high school teacher and his wife or his her husband and the the, the code said uh, you know he 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 wrote a letter saying please print this cipher on the front page of your newspaper if not i will go on a killing rampage on friday august 1st well that august 1st every the zodiac killer had uh, wrote to uh, the San Francisco Chronicle on significant dates uh, in in the events of my father and my mother and my life with them um, every date that he that uh, the zodiac wrote and demanded some kind of action had happened to correspond with the ice cream romance and that's because Paul Avery uh, is the guy who, um basically humiliated a wannabe businessman that was my father a book salesman uh and um then later in life uh, 7 years later uh came back and was targeted by the zodiac killer And all those references to the newspaper articles about the ice cream romance coincide with the dates that the zodiac sent paul avery in the san francisco chronicle his communications that first cipher that he sent was decoded and it had a hidden message, something like, um, I like killing humans or man because it's more fun than killing wild animals in the forest. After all, man is the most dangerous animal of all. Uh that's partly where the book came from, but not, not in not incomplete. But what what the authorities failed to do was Find his name in that cipher. He said in that letter with those first ciphers, if you crack this cipher, you will have my identity. They cracked the cipher by getting the hidden message, but they didn't look closely at at the letters and the symbols in in the cipher solution. In those first ciphers, my father's name, E.V. Best, Jr., is all over that cipher. I believe that the authorities and and, and, and and Avery had forgotten about my father by then, right? They had something real to write about. Avery was scared. He was targeted. He was, you know, um, trying to, to stay uh, underground because this madman was, was threatening him. I believe he had forgotten all about Earl Van Best Jr. and, and, and Judy Chandler and the Ice Cream Romance from 1962, uh, six, six years prior. Um, or seven. Excuse me, seven years prior. Um. There, there are three specific different ciphers: the the 30, uh, uh, the 340, uh, and the 408s, where he clearly indicated his name. I believe the the uh, the 340 cipher is still considered one of the most sophisticated ciphers in history, and it is nothing but rubbish. It is my father's complete name, Earl Van Best, Jr., spelled out backwards. And the way he did that to indicate to Avery or anybody else uh, who wanted to take a crack at cracking that puzzle, he put a big backward B right in in the column that would be the beginning of his last name, B-E-S-T. And I think he made that B backward to indicate to somebody uh, who was uh, fairly sharp that he was going to put his name backward in that cipher. And then he, after he realized that um, no one was going to crack this cipher, he wrote one last cipher, and he says, By the way, have you cracked my latest cipher? My name is... And he put 13 meaningless symbols and 13 letters in Earl Van Best, J.R. Jr. He spelled his, his name the way he spelled his name, all three ways, clearly and completely, perfectly, not adding a space, not adding a symbol, perfectly. In the San Francisco Chronicle. Uh, no other suspect. You can't take any other suspect and, and find their name in those ciphers in those exact order without adding letters, adding numbers, adding spaces, taking away symbols. That's one very compelling thing because he always, and his ego was such that, hey, you know, you knew who I was back then. Now I know who you are, and you don't remember me. My name is, and if you crack that cipher, you'll have my identity. I believe he was threatening to get caught. But the other evidence, as far as I know, and I've reached out to both Napa, Vallejo, I have not talked to Riverside, um, SFPD. As far as I know, uh, and and I could be wrong, uh, these jurisdictions have never gotten together and compared their evidence. They have never gotten together and compared uh, fingerprints. As far as I know, there's only one set of prints that were left on Paul Stein's cab, San Francisco Police Department jurisdiction. That is a clear fingerprint from their suspect. It had to be because it was smeared. It, it, it was smeared in blood, right? And and the witnesses saw him wiping down the cab. Well, um, he always claimed to never have left fingerprints, but I can tell you, uh, there was a pair of leather gloves that fit my father's hand size in that cab. And if you recall, uh, the Zodiac tore a piece of Stein's bloody shirt and took it with him and mailed pieces back to San Francisco Police Department, Paul Avery, as proof that he had, he had, done, had committed the murder. Uh, I can imagine leather gloves trying to tear something with a slippery substance like blood on a shirt. You're just not going to do it. I believe he took his gloves off, left them in the cab, tore the shirt, tried to wipe the cab down, inadvertently left his fingerprints on that cab. There's one thing that's very distinguishable about that fingerprint, and it was on his right index finger. There's a clear scar. I've got the fingerprints from my father's booking sheet for the statutory rape of my mother, and he's got a clear scar in the same size, same angle, as the scar on the right index finger of the Zodiac Killer. And I had an independent um, uh, fingerprint expert uh, validate that and, and tell me that. I just suspected it. I sent them to him and he came back and said the scar is an identical match. For me, those two pieces of um, um, forensic evidence, in addition to the the, the mountains of uh, uh, circumstantial evidence I've presented to the San Francisco Police Department, uh, are leave no doubt in my mind, and, and I see now uh, many, many other people's mind as well, that there was only one Zodiac, and there's a reason why they haven't found him. He's never come forward in a, in a, in a, in a uh, correctional facility somewhere at the end of his life and claimed, I did that too. There have been all sorts of speculation, but he died uh, in in Mexico City and never returned to the States. And uh, there was no next of kin that could do anything about it. And I spoke to his landlord, who he was living in Long Beach at the time. They just got rid of all of his stuff. So even if he had the uh, teletype paper, even if he had pieces of uh, evidence from, from other crimes, those people in Long Beach in 1984 would have not put this together. If, you know he probably has some valuable books in his apartment. He may have had uh, other pieces of personal belongings there that might have been valuable. The, the owner of the building told me, if there was anything worth any value, uh, we, would, uh, we would try to sell it. If not, then we would give it to um, uh, you know, the charity or, or Goodwill. So Long Beach is just far enough away from San Francisco, um, nearly 20 years after the Zodiac murders, that people wouldn't have a clue. To make the connection to San Francisco and an unsolved serial killer case. So,
0: so, so. Now, what was your father's lifespan? Um, when did he die?
1: He died. So, he was born uh, Bastille Day, nineteen thirty-four. So, July fourteenth, nineteen thirty-four, and he died on the twentieth of May, nineteen eighty-four. He was uh, forty-nine years old when he died, and. I got, this is uh, another reason why, you know, why do you write the story? Well, you just have to. I had to contact the U.S. Embassy. I actually went down to U.S. Embassy in Mexico City and got a letter from Colin Powell, our Secretary of State at the time, uh, that they had found my father's uh, report of death of an American citizen traveling abroad, um, and that he actually... uh, drowned in his own vomit he drank himself to death in the same hotel bar room where he had honeymooned with my mother uh some 20 years prior hmm.
0: um so now during that time do you think that he continued to murder
1: i don't think so um i have not taken the the you know this this was an all exhaustive uh uh I'll say 10, 12 years worth of research. I, I, You know, I stayed up late every night. I worked every weekend. I traveled. I Very extensive. Uh, and and it, it basically consumes your life. And and so once I got to the point to where I felt closure, I had done what I had been put here to do, share this story, um, give closure to everyone involved, including myself. You know, I was one of the first Zodiac victims, Um uh, I was ready to get on with my life. Is one of the last phrases in my book. You know, the 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 zodiac um, uh, abandoned me so many years ago, or my father abandoned me so many years ago. Now I think I will abandon him and try to get on with my life. And I've I've been pretty pretty successful at that, Al. I, you know, it's been a it's been a, a whirlwind year and a half with uh, radio, television, everything going on with the book. But I've I've managed to get back to a new gary not not the gary i was before because i'll forever be different this is this is something that will never go away uh... but i hope now i'm a better husband a better father uh, will be a better grandfather because of it um, I, I have not taken the time to do any further investigation unless it was something immediately brought to me, like by the SFPD or, or like I said, my father's first girlfriend from, from years ago and things that I already sort of knew about. I didn't go checking uh, whether there were any unsolved murders in Mexico City. Uh, I think this was a purpose. This was revenge killings, um, retaliation on his mother, uh, retaliation on on my mother, and i believe when they almost caught him uh i believe that was that paul Stein's murder was the last murder he ever committed i believe he went away and and decided that's close enough case closed she's married a she's married the homicide inspector i'm done and then after that he he really he just became a, a from what i understand according to his uh fbi rap sheet uh... he was just uh... you know he just an alcoholic after that he and a couple of friends have of his friends who i have befriended over the years said that they saw him in the late seventies and the early eighties right before his death and he was just a mess of a man a shell of his former self uh... just disheveled and poor and an alcoholic
0: So, after all of this and all of the other theories out there um how is it that you keep moving forward like um I I'm sure there's a lot of negative talk and press about you and your book just as there is with others I find the zodiac crowd to be quite aggressive <laughs> Yeah how, how so how is it um how do, how do you get along that way like how do, does it affect you
1: um you know, in the beginning, I watched all of the the attacks, and um, just my son. I, you know, I am the father of one son, and um, he means the world to me. I, for you know, people ask me how do you how do you deal with the fact that your father was a serial killer, and I my answer is always that I can turn my back to that because it's still personal for me. My father. Did the unthinkable. He took his only, his firstborn son, and after abusing him for what could have been four weeks of my, first four weeks of my life, he took me by train and laid me down on a stairwell and took a train back and left me abandoned in a stairwell, never to look back. And that's just, I can't, I can't imagine because my son means the world to me. I I would take a bullet for him. Um, so, um, I, I i get asked that a lot um, but but how you go on and deal with it? my son you know loving his dad immediately jumped in those internet message boards when the book came out to defend his dad and i told him i said just lay off you're not going to prove any point because even kevin fagan the very skeptical um, uh... san francisco chronicle uh, reporter who was the Took Duffy Jennings' place, who Duffy Jennings was per- portrayed in Gray Smith's, uh, Fincher's 2007 Zodiac movie. Um, so after, after, uh, Avery resigned from the Chronicle, Duffy Jennings took over as a Zodiac beat reporter and then now Kevin Fagan. Um, I, you know, even, even Kevin Fagan called me and interviewed me after the book came out. And he said, you know, Gary, even if you produce, a person whose DNA matches fingerprints match and comes forward confessing to the crimes those zodiac killer message boards and that amateur sleuth group out there still won't believe it because they won't have anything else to do their life is gonna have to change because this is all they've been doing for so long and I don't worry about that you know the, 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 thing I, the thing that affects me and, and how I feel about myself is I regularly get asked to uh, share my story um, with churches, a story of hope, because it is a story of hope, uh, that out of such pure evil beginnings, someone can come out uh, uh, being blessed and, and having a, a wonderful life, even having gone through the reality of this search that I did. Uh, I, I speak uh, quite often, and seeing the reaction of these people when I share my story, that's what matters to me. If I can touch somebody's life, someone who's uh, an adoptee searching for their their parents, or someone who's had a similar negative experience, that's what it's all about for me. I'm, I, I don't care what the, the cr- critics say, I know for a fact that... Um, Uh, There's investigative work being done, and uh, there's no doubt in my mind that uh, forensics will validate my claim one of these days.
0: So where do you see yourself going now?
1: Um, You know, I've I've got a great family. I've got a great company. I am uh, invested in my company, and we're growing, and, and I'm working hard. Because I wanted there to be closure, everyone asks, and the the, the, re, the reviewers, the kind reviewers on Amazon, always say, "Oh, I just when I got to the end of the book, I was so angry because it was over with." When's there going to be a follow-up? Well, because I do want to give the final closure, um, I have started the second book, and it's going to basically go from a little before the first book was published, uh, all the way up until the point to where I have. All of the evidence and all the proof and and what happened in between, um, all the good things that happened in between, you know, this crazy life of mine that that uh, we've had this past year and a half since the book was published. Um, I hope to have complete, specific forensics, case clothes, newspaper clippings, whatever, um, and everything else with you know with uh, the uh, the the movie uh I've sold my life rights and and the screenplay is done and uh we are hoping soon for a green light um, I think when that happens if that happens that when the movie comes out that there's going to be further public pressure on I don't know if it's the California Department of Justice or the FBI somebody to get involved but I have been given the word of the, the new cold case inspector in the San Francisco police department that, um, uh, that it hit, it is his goal, uh, to solve this case, uh, before he retires, which is now going to be in within two years. Um, and I believe, uh, that man, uh, believes my evidence. He also swabbed me a year ago. So, um, I hope that I have the, um, the time and uh, all the resources I need to, f- to finish my second book um, but other than that life goes on as normal uh, I'm, I'm happy to have a, a healthy happy wonderful supportive family uh, my adoptive parents uh, I lost my dad he, he passed away three years ago quite unexpectedly he was my biggest supporter he's the guy who pushed me, you know, Gary, you've got to share this story. I lost him, so he never he never got to see the book on the shelf. But my now 80, almost to be 84-year-old mother, is still around, and she is my biggest fan. And uh, I have a standing lunch date with her every Saturday because I, I work so much, I don't get to visit her much. But uh, uh, I just cherish those things in this wonderful life that I've been blessed with.
0: So if anything, it sort of brought you closer together with your... Uh, immediate family now
1: absolutely, in fact what you'll see if we're fortunate enough to get the green light here in the next few weeks um, the, you know, there, there's always the debate, right, was the book better than the movie or the movie better than the book um, what you're going to see is that uh, the, I love of course I love the book it was my therapeutic sharing spewing of everything I went through for all those years but the movie will bring it home the, the screenplay uh, will will in fact be all about my search and my support system during that decade long search and that support system consisted of uh, you know my, my wife and my son and and my biological uh, uh, my adoptive parents and my adoptive sisters so it's gonna it's gonna tell the the side of the story you may not get from reading the book but that's the thing I guess I'm the most proud of and they selected a great screenplay writer to tell that story. So um, hopefully that's the next step, Al. Hmm.
0: So how, how actually did the um, police force sort of treat you overall? So it's a, it been a pretty positive experience?
1: Um, I'll say uh, 11 years ago, meeting Lieutenant Hennessy was one of the best things that ever happened to me. He was the kindest man and I trusted him and he trusted me and and if you recall the Chronicle all the newspaper articles the Chronicle interviewed him. Kevin Fagan interviewed him and that man did not throw me under the bus he did not he um... he basically said you know the guy was sincere and he provided every bit of evidence we had at the end of the day we just didn't have the goods on him but what that means what I interpret that to mean because I know John Hennessy he was saying we just didn't have a full genetic DNA profile from the Zodiac killer. But if we had that, then this would be case closed. And, um, so, uh, really, really appreciate that man, uh, John Hennessy. And then, uh, the new inspector, Gianrico Perucci, um, I've met with him twice. Uh, he was very skeptical the first day we met. He had read my book and, uh, said he couldn't close a case based on a book so i brought him thirty three pages of an additional uh, circumstantial evidence that was excluded in my book by harper collins that i thought he thought might be important so um, uh... he has vowed to get to the bottom of this i believe he believes me uh... he is very accommodating he's called me we've emailed um, uh, i i i just you know you always hear there's the 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 blue code uh, amongst police uh, organizations that they protect their own and so forth. Well, their own that had anything to do with this back in the day are now deceased, with the exception of Dave Tashi. Right? Hmm. He wanted to solve the case. I thought he was going to step up and help, but I, I realize now why he actually couldn't do that. I mean, he he, he uh, he's claimed for for forty years that that it was author Lee Allen, and I'm basically proving that it wasn't. So. All those guys uh, have never spoken to Tashi. I've tried. Uh, I've reached out. Uh, but everyone else has been extremely accommodating and uh, professional.
0: Hmm. And so uh, now you think that, uh, of course, then all of the killings were done by the same person, which was your father. Like there wasn't, like, you know, some of the theories are that there was more than one person that killed all of these, the Zodiac killer. It was not just one.
1: Yeah, I've I've seen the the theories that you know one guy did the killing or one guy wrote the letters. You know, I I don't tend to believe that. Um, I find uh, YouTube videos claiming different things uh, that even include my father. Um, you know, that the my father wrote the letters but didn't do the murders. I I I don't I don't believe that. Of course, we don't have. All the evidence, right? We have police jurisdictions that aren't cooperating. Um, don't know what evidence that that the other authorities have. All I know is I've got San Francisco Police Department. They've got one case, and it's the Paul Stein case. Uh, my father got out of San Quentin and, and uh, on his marriage license. By the way, my father married his therapist from San Quentin. Oh. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, saying so, that was a joke, right? I, I met his first girlfriend, and he, she said, yeah, it was always a joke. Van got, Van went to jail and married his therapist. Well, one thing my father could do, because he had no capital raised uh, to, to go sell books and, and, and support his uh, his new wife right away, he went to work as a cab driver in 1960. Let me think. Let me get my numbers right. Uh, he was paroled in '65. So he went to work as a cab driver in 65, 66, when he married um, married his third wife. And so I know he knew Paul Stein. I know that's why Paul Stein let him get in the front seat. So one thing I'm certain uh, is my father uh, was the murderer of Paul Stein, and that guy provided the most evidence that he was the Zodiac Killer and committed all the others. But you have to have all the jurisdictions cooperating right sharing information and you validate one in one city then you got to go to napa then you got to go to benicia then you got to go to vallejo then you got to go to riverside i don't know that the authorities will ever um get together and agree uh but i know one thing i I think you solve one of those cases then uh, i think the rest of the world will probably agree case closed
0: yeah yeah well um, it's certainly been uh, an interesting conversation and i I, I really uh, thank you for taking time to uh, to come on and talk about uh, this it must be very um, heartfelt you know being that it's your father and uh, um, uh, you know hopefully we can do this again when uh, you get the other the other um, evidence in and the other book finished
1: yeah I um i appreciate uh... you asking me to be on the show um, it's uh... i, I am always I, I was amazed the first time this is you know when the book first came out i was a little intimidated uh, never having spoken about my personal business in public and you know uh, 48 hours later i'm sitting on aaron burnett out front live uh... in front of however many millions and um, i guess it's uh... a reality is my everybody knows a lot more about me than I know about them when I'm having a conversation so that could be a little intimidating right yeah. uh but i i i do i am i've been amazed at at the um at the hospitality that every single uh radio personality television personality people magazine reporters everybody has just been so friendly and uh I appreciate that because it it's it's more than just solving who done it it's uh it's a real story that affects real people, and uh, uh, it affects me as well. So I want to thank you for being kind and, and professional and having me on. And I'll sure let you know um, uh, it, as things develop. I hope to hear something in the next couple of weeks on uh, on the film deal, and uh, um, in the next year or so, maybe on on the DNA and, and in in the book, maybe within the next year. Or so we'll definitely stay in touch. Want your most burning finance and investing questions answered? Here's a podcast you should be listening to, courtesy of Acast Recommends. Are you ready for some personality in your personal finances? Hi,
0: I'm Janice Torres-Rodriguez, Latina money expert and host of the award-winning podcast, Yo Quiero Dinero. On this show, we're serving up POC-friendly personal finance knowledge, always with a side of sass. We're not talking about avocado, toast, and lattes on this show. We've got real, relatable
1: personal finance knowledge that makes you feel seen, heard, and finally understood. Consider me your super cool, slightly risque, but always honest financial fairy godmother. Together, we'll tackle dinero in a fresh new way so you can finally become poderosa with your dinero. Check out our weekly podcast episodes at YoQuieroDineroPodcast.com or subscribe wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com
0: You've been listening to the House of Mystery radio show. To find out more about our guests,